Welcome back to Tip of the Spear with your Missoula County Commissioners. I'm Josh Slotnick, and I'm here with my fellow Commissioner Dave Strohmeyer. Juan is not able to join us today. But we are joined by Caroline Bean, our Climate Action Program Manager, and Andrew Valenis, the Climate Action Program Coordinator for Missoula County. Great to have you both with us. Maybe to start things off, Caroline, if you wouldn't mind just telling us a little bit about the department and functions that you oversee to lay the foundation for today's discussion, which really is an outgrowth of the climate goals of Missoula County. So talk to us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for having us here. It's a pleasure to be here. So our climate action team sits within the Department of Planning, Development, and Sustainability. So we're the sustainability component of that. Our two-person team here is uh, in charge of overseeing all of the commitments that Missoula County has made towards climate change. So you can think of it in two big buckets. We want to reduce our contribution to climate change, also known as mitigation. This is things like having more clean electricity, putting solar panels on our roofs, things like that. And we also want to adapt to the impacts of climate change that are already here, climate adaptation. One phrase I really like is that we want to manage the unavoidable, adapt to climate change, but also avoid the unmanageable by mitigating our impacts of climate change. And so in Missoula County, we've adopted some really bold goals and plans. We have a goal for 100% clean electricity by 2030. We have our Climate Ready Missoula Plan, which is Montana's only countywide climate resiliency plan. And we also have a goal of carbon neutral operations by 2035. So you can keep us pretty busy over yeah. here. And we're, we're really excited because with the Inflation Reduction Act, we have a whole new slew of resources to really accelerate all of this work. So before we even get to the Inflation Reduction Act, IRA, as I, as I think uh, maybe the acronym is, uh, is uh, pronounced here, we've done a lot of work setting goals. And that's important. That's foundational. But before we even get to the possibilities with the Inflation Reduction Act, how are we doing? Are we making progress? We are making progress. We are about to complete our first carbon emissions inventory update since 2016. So we'll have more numbers there in a couple of weeks. But slight spoiler alert, we've decreased our emissions, but we won't say just by how much quite yet. Good news. So that's for county operations. We've also been working with nonprofit partners on accelerating rooftop solar, energy efficiency, going electric at home. Climate Smart Missoula has been a great partner there. And in our Climate Ready Missoula plan, we were extra bold and adopted 77 different strategies. And we're actually underway on 83% of those strategies, um, ranging from wildfire smoke preparedness to floodplains to how we're building and where we're building. So it's a pretty uh, multifaceted slew of work that we're doing. Fantastic. Yeah. So, Andrew, as an energy person, how do you think the goals we've set fit with what other communities are doing nationally? Yeah, and and Josh, thanks again for having us on. So we're seeing these trends nationally. I mean, I think there was a lot of push around just the energy transition and the transition we're seeing across the country and really across the world. And so I think this aligns with that. We're seeing more people focused on the development of renewable energy, energy conservation, energy efficiency from appliances to insulation to the non-sexy stuff like windows and doors and lighting. It's it's just a a more efficient, effective way to use our energy. And you can kind of depoliticize it in that way. Everybody loves saving money. And that's what a lot of, I think, the base level of the energy transition is. How are we using the grid and the energy use in our homes and businesses more effectively and more efficiently so that we can continue living our American lives in the comfort that we enjoy, but do so while while saving a lot of money, which is normally, everybody can get behind that. That's great. Well, let's just dive into it. Uh, Inflation Reduction Act, 
that title does not engender a sense of uh, resiliency <laughs> or climate action, but apparently there's a lot in here that will help further our goals, either as a local government, a community, or perhaps even as individual uh, homeowners or renters even. So, Well, that's the exciting part is hopefully it's going to do all of those things, and that's what it's intended to do. And um, despite what it's called, uh, what it is is uh, the single largest investment that our country has ever made in addressing the climate crisis. Wow. Which which is huge. I mean, $369 billion towards climate change programs, measuring that against the Paris Agreement goals, the International Paris Agreement goals, that gets us 80% of the way there. That's huge. That is absolutely huge. And what's nice is that it's really far ranging, like we talked about. So energy efficiency in buildings, transportation sector, resilient agriculture, resilient communities. You know, I'm, I'm an energy nerd, but this bill in no way, shape or form focuses on energy. It's really broad reaching. There's stuff in there about mitigating and, and preventing wildfire and wild fired smoke uh, impacts. So um, it's it's really a big deal and, and a heck of an investment and something certainly to be celebrated. We're ready to celebrate. <laughs> so in, in terms of specifics, what are the programs within this bill that would allow the county to help reach its goals? And, and are those for local government or are there things in here that would reach homeowners and renters and people who aren't working in government? Yeah, absolutely. It does reach all of us. Your average homeowner or renter, there's a bunch of tax credits out there for you for rooftop solar, for upgrading your appliances, for doing efficiency work like insulation. A lot of our new appliances are electric, and some people might need to upgrade their electrical panels in order to install those. This actually includes electrical panel upgrades. It includes the labor. If you're a low-income homeowner, it's scaled to cover 100% of the cost of doing that work. And if you're in the um, median income range, it covers about half of it. So pretty phenomenal if you're a homeowner and you can make those choices. And there's even stuff for renters too. I'm a renter. Andrew's a renter. I think we pay attention to those provisions extra closely. You might be interested in purchasing an electric vehicle. There's tax credits and incentives there. Also, if you're a renter who has to purchase your own washer or dryer, that's covered in the the tax credits and everything too. So from the appliance side, there's a lot going on. And then from the, the county side, I'll let Andrew talk a little bit about this thing called direct pay, which doesn't sound that exciting, but it's actually pretty transformational for our climate goals. Well, Andrew, put put a pin in that just for a second. Uh, And just going back to tax incentives and such, it is tax season uh, right now as we speak. (laughs) But as we all know, with federal legislation, getting a law passed is one thing and signed into law is uh, is another. But yet another is the rulemaking process and regulations that go into implementation implementing federal laws, how soon can folks avail themselves of the provisions of this law? Yeah, well, the tax credits went into effect on January 1st. Oh, so you would okay. claim those on your next year's tax okay. taxes, if I'm I'm not an accountant. And that makes sense. TurboTax, okay. I wonder if they'll have a new <laughs> <They laughs> robo-aid for this. Okay. But uh, so if you were to buy any of these appliances today, you would be able to claim a 30% tax credit on next year's taxes. The, the rulemaking, you're right, it is a little bit more complicated. So for a lot of these rebates that will be offered, we're still working with the state energy office in, in the state of Montana to get those developed. And we're looking at end of, end of 2023 for those to be online. 
Okay, that's super helpful. Yeah. And with a lot of this, like you saved in Dave, the, the information continues to be rolled out because there's so many different mm-hmm. rebates and tax credits and some of them going through different federal departments and agencies. So Caroline and I and others across the country, and we're all kind of tracking the rollout of that information. And we're trying to work on ways to make sure that everybody gets that information as soon as we do and as soon as possible. Are there specific pieces of the IRA that you guys are really excited about? Well, I think the one that I would jump into first is um, the IRA offers a new standalone tax credit for energy storage systems. So something like backup battery storage at your home or your small business. And the thing I'd like about this is, first and foremost, it recognizes the importance of storage and, and battery technologies. And storage is such a huge deal right now in the energy transition. Um, we've had storage technologies generally for decades, things like pumped hydro, um, but these new battery technologies and the new battery chemistries that we're messing with, they're just providing new opportunities and it's really exciting. So I like that this calls that out and gives attention to it and gives it its own tax credit. And what I especially like is that it's both forward looking and backward looking. In other words, if you already have solar at your house, you can now install a separate battery system and get a 30% tax credit on that system, which is huge. Beforehand, you would have had to do the storage with the solar at the same time in order to claim the tax credit on the storage. So you kind of had to include it with the initial right. project cost, which adds upfront cost. But now it's got its own standalone uh, credit, which is really, really exciting. So Andrew, when you say storage, what do you mean? Yeah, normally if you have a, a rooftop solar system at your home, as an example, you can participate in a program that's called net metering. And essentially you're powering your house with as much of the energy as the solar panels can provide. If they're ever producing more than you need, you can do something with that energy. And in most cases, uh, it flows back out onto the grid for your neighbors to use, which is great. And then you can get a bill credit from your utility to lower your future energy costs. With a storage system, instead of flowing out to the grid, it flows into your battery bank at your home. And then when your panels aren't producing, or if you need more power than they are producing, you can pull off of that storage system. So for example, at night, right, the sun goes down, panels aren't producing anymore. You can lower your energy usage by pulling energy off of your battery system. Or in certain cases, if it's wired correctly and done safely, you can use that backup storage system during a power outage so that you can maintain power to normally people do what they call kind of critical loads. So, you know, your refrigerator, medical equipment, um, heat, you know, things like that in, in the case of an outage. Wired correctly and done safely. Uh, remember that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Always yeah. important. Yeah. So, so I, I guess just to follow on that just a bit more with today's technology, how long will batteries stay charged? That's also going to depend largely on how you use your energy. So when people ask me about energy storage, I always talk to them about it in terms of a a big vat of water. So say you've got a rain barrel. Well, that water can last you forever if you're just trickling out energy little by little. But if you really open that hose and blast all of the water out because you need to water your entire garden, well, it's going to go through it quicker. So I always hesitate to say how many hours. What we're seeing at some of the larger scale is at kind of maximum output. We're seeing a lot of four, six, eight hour storage, but that's like grid level. They're pulling all the energy they can out of the batteries all at once. So if you hook something up at your home and do kind of critical loads, which your solar professional can help you do, you know, you could make it last last a while for sure. Interesting. So I'd say this is a broad, a yeah. guesswork question here. Yeah. A, a typical home in Missoula, let's say mm-hmm. they had solar panels on the south side of their roof and they're making a dent into into their electrical bills on a sunny day 
if they wanted to get into storage, what kind of cost do you think they'd be looking at? Oh, you asked is me that, the one that, question I didn't oh, prep before oh, the, the webinar. No, it's okay. I um, it, it really it depends so much on okay. what's available right now and what size of a system. And I normally hesitate to give people dollar amounts. Normally, a range might be a little more sure, sure. reasonable. But honestly, the market has changed a lot. And I think with the IRA coming out, it's changing even more. And there's issues going on with supply chain. So it's, it's hard to give a range right now. Okay. But what I can say is that the solar professionals who are a lot of the folks who are doing the installations of battery storage now at people's homes, they're all tracking that stuff in very intensely. I've had a couple installers tell me actually recently that they pretty much don't sell solar systems without backup storage wow. now. It's that ubiquitous. Wow. Um, so they're the ones to talk to. And the Missoula market is fortunate. We have a ton great. of great solar professionals that yeah. serve the county and, and the surrounding areas. So the answer is to anybody who's listening, call your solar professional. Call your solar professional. Absolutely. Great. Yep. Okay. Thanks. Well, earlier I mentioned for you to put a pin in something, and I cannot remember what it was. Direct pay. It's the direct pay, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, The other exciting provision uh, (laughs) that we wanted to talk about. So, yeah, so the other cool thing about the IRA is that it has this provision, this new thing called direct pay. And in essence, it allows tax-exempt entities who normally can't claim all of these wonderful tax credits that are in this bill, it allows them to claim those. Now, we don't have the details quite yet on the mechanics of how that's going to work, but if you can imagine things like schools, libraries, local local governments, governments, absolutely can now claim tax credits. So before, I mean, I used to work for a nonprofit that worked in solar advocacy, and I would get calls weekly from schools and nonprofits and local governments who were saying, hey, is there any help to claim these tax credits? Because, you know, our margins are a little lower, you know, and and we really want access to these things. And the answer was no, it was just a flat note. It was even, you know, maybe we can look over here, look over there. It was just a no. And with this provision, now we can do that, which completely changes the game. It's huge. And I think with this provision as well, you asked what can a homeowner or renter do? You know, it's great to get your own home in order and that's wonderful. But if you belong to organizations where you think, hey, they have a great south facing roof, like Mm -hmm. my church could be a great place for solar. I'm going to guess they haven't heard of the direct pay provision yet. So you could bring that up to them. You could talk to them and see, is there an option here for us to put solar on our roof? Get your local organizations involved and we could really make this ripple out even further. Wow, that's great. So for a local government, if we were to take advantage of direct pay, what does that mean? How, how would we get reimbursed for some of the money we spend? Yeah, so that's part of the mechanism part that we're still waiting to get specific guidance okay. from the IRS about. But effectively, it should look like the equivalent of a tax rebate. So in other words, instant, normally, if you claim this, you would offset your tax liability with the credit. So you would just pay less taxes. Right. Well, we don't pay taxes. Yeah, yeah. So it's some kind of... Some kind of a rebate. Yeah, rebate kind of program. Whether you're a homeowner, a renter, us sitting here uh, in local government, what's the best way to keep informed on on how these programs are are kind of rolling out? Maybe what role might Missoula County be helping with disseminating this information? Yeah, absolutely. There is a lot of information to wade through and it can feel pretty overwhelming at first blush. So I would say first go to rewiringamerica.org. It's a national website, a nonprofit website. They have a calculator where you can put in your zip code, how much money you make, whether you're a homeowner or a renter, and outline all of the tax credits and rebates that you are eligible for, as well as more information about how you might go ahead pursuing those things. So that's a great place to start for a big overview. If you're curious about how other 
Missoula County residents are starting to think about things like solar or electrification, you can go to electrifymissoula.org as well, which is a website that the county helps run with the city and Climate Smart Missoula has stories. I think there's a picture of you, Commissioner Stromeyer, sitting next to your uh, hot water heater on there. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, uh, that was a beauty. <laughs> yeah, you know, lots of great photos of people in their basement with uh, <laughs> undistinguishable technology. But And there's also qualified installers on there, resources on financing if you need help from some of our financial institutions as well. So another great place for that kind of overview, but still at the Missoula level. You know, for our part on the county side to missoula.co slash sustainability, that's our general landing page for our climate action sustainability work. And we're going to be updating that with more information as we get it and, and directing people towards other resources. And the only other thing I would add to Caroline's answer there, I think, is there's a lot of information that, you know, homeowners, business owners or whatever are going to want to bring into their own knowledge. There's also a lot of information that they can start collecting in order to make this process easier. For example, if you're going to plan to work with a solar professional on solar or storage or even an electric vehicle and need to think about charging, some of the things they're going to ask for are your energy bills over the last year. You know, what does your budget look like to spend on these kinds of things? Are your energy needs going to change sometime in the next few years? Do you have kids moving out? Your energy is probably going to go down. You know, are you hooking up a jacuzzi? Your energy use is going to go up, those kind of things. So keeping that in mind is going to prepare you to have some of these conversations with the contractors who are doing all this work. And that can just make the whole process way easier and give you your own sense of kind of where you stand, which I always think is really helpful. That's great. So I had a couple specific questions for you. You guys have said homeowners and renters. So what's an example of how the IRA could help a renter? Some rental properties will say, we have a washer and dryer hookup, but we don't provide the actual washer and dryer. So if you were going to purchase those yourself, you could qualify for a tax credit and perhaps a rebate. Electric vehicles as well. I mean, you don't have to be a homeowner to own an electric vehicle. So that could be something there. And then I'd also encourage people to talk to their landlords or property management companies if an appliance is getting pretty old and you think it might be time for a replacement soon. You could just send them a a little fact sheet on these tax credits. They might not necessarily be aware of them yet. And maybe that will help them push to choose that appliance instead when they're purchasing it. Great. And did you say up to 30% on an EV? I could have misheard that. It's not. No, it's $7,500 okay. on a new EV. So that hasn't changed from That hasn't year. changed. And $5,000 for a used EV, too, okay. as that market's getting bigger. It's hard to buy an EV in Montana right now. The supply is really low. So be persistent as you work with local car dealers yeah. to I, try to get one I, ordered I for you. I found that myself. <laughs> I, I heard you have a connection in Oregon. I do. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I just echo Caroline's comment about pushing a little bit, not not in a necessarily pushy way, but right. just bringing up conversations. A lot of the stuff in the IRA is stuff that Caroline and I have been tracking forever and been waiting for, and we're knowledgeable about it because we've been talking about it for years and years. A lot of other folks don't know about this, and that includes some people in some of the workforce that are working on these things, particularly like appliances. I talked a lot during this this discussion about solar professionals, and you know that stuff isn't necessarily new to them. Storage, they've been tracking that for a while, but things like some of the appliances, air source heat pumps, for example, some contractors just aren't familiar with the technology yet. So you want to find a balance between raising the issue with them and and obviously not pushing, but like, hey, I'm really interested in this. And does your firm do this? Can you learn more? I really am interested and I want to, I want to look at this. So how can we work at this together? There's a lot of stuff in the IRA, not just about the appliances, but actually getting the workforce trained up on the technologies, how they work, kind of demystifying any changes or upgrades that need to happen, things like that. So we're excited about all those provisions. It seems like a really holistic approach 
of not just, hey, here's the new appliance, but let's train the workforce that they can install it efficiently and and promote it as a, as a good option and a good product. And grow the workforce, too. We're going to oh, need a lot yeah. more electricians, yep. a lot more plumbers, EV charging installers, a huge range of needs from the trades. And so there's a lot of money in this bill, too, to wow. grow and diversify the workforce that's doing it as well. And we're really hope to take advantage of it here as well. So these are really good wow. family supporting wage careers. I'm excited to learn more about that piece. Yeah. Yeah, this is all so good. Well, in keeping with tradition, before we wrap up today, we always like to give our guests the opportunity to share a little bit of wisdom, inspiration, a good book that you might have read recently. Uh, it may or may not have anything to do with IRA or sustainability or her energy, but the floor is yours. I went for an on-the-nose example. It's a, a poem titled, On Another Panel About Climate, They Ask Me to Sell the Future, and All I've Got is a Love Poem. And that's the whole title. I won't spoil, won't try to that summarize is, oh, it. That's that enough. That was it's enough a, for me. Right it's there. by a, a youth activist, um, Aisha Sadika, who is a, a big movement organizer for many of the climate strikes. And it's a, a wonderful poem, so I'd encourage anyone to go out and read it. That was a poem in and of itself, right there. That was, it was. That was. That was good enough. Yeah. Okay, man. I'm sorry. You got no, that's hard okay. to follow. Okay. Lay yeah. it on us, um, You know, I was thinking about this and what I came up with uh, with the Montana legislature in session, not to get political because I won't, but there are a lot of political discussions, debates, and, and fights going on, uh, as naturally happens at the legislature. And I was recalling advice that I was given a number of years ago, which is always starting in the middle when you have conversations, and particularly about climate or politics or anything like that, because at the end of the day, everybody wants the same thing. They want health and safety for their family and friends. They want food on the table. They want a good job. And just remembering that that's where we all start. And then we kind of all drift outward from there. So it's a good reminder. And I try to regularly remember uh, to just go back to the middle when I'm having some of these discussions. That's so. a really good message, Andrew. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for yeah. that. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks for, for having, having us on. Us. Thank you both. Yeah. yeah. And thank you all for listening. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to the Tip of the Spear podcast. If you enjoy these conversations, it would mean a lot if you would rate and review the show on whichever podcast app you like. And if you know a friend who would like to keep up with what's happening in local government, be sure to recommend this podcast to them. The Tip of the Spear podcast is made possible with support from MCAT, better known as Missoula Community Access Television, and our staff in the Missoula County Communications Division. If you have a question or topic you'd like us to address on a future episode, email it to communications at missoulacounty.us. And to find other ways to stay up to date with what's happening at Missoula County, go to missoula.co slash county updates. And thanks for listening. <laughs>